This is How Did I Get This Far, a podcast tackling the basic skills and knowledge that we all completely missed learning. Soon enough, you'll stop having to ask yourself, how did I get this far? On this episode, it's not about the how at first, it's about the why and the what. More on that as we learn, how did I start a business this far? To my future entrepreneurs, we are starting up this episode today with Emily Castle. Emily is a leadership and business coach to aspiring and established female entrepreneurs around the world, helping them launch, grow, and scale their businesses using soulful strategies for sustainable success. She is a speaker for businesses with teams of both men and women about creating meaningful success in every season of their lives and careers. Emily is also the host of the Sexy Soulful Success Podcast, spotlighting trailblazing women entrepreneurs. So she means business. Welcome to the podcast, Emily. Hi, so excited to be with you. So how did you take the leap to start your own business and then go ahead and help other people? Yeah, so I went to an all-women's college. I think that's an important part of my journey (laughs) because it's where I realized just how different things look for us as women, especially when it comes to business or career or anything that's a traditionally more masculine or male dominated industry or something that we've been, you know, conditioned as a society to believe is more masculine or male. There's just so much learning that came from that and and is really the lensing that I come to these challenges of entrepreneurship and business for women entrepreneurs specifically from. And I studied psychology, but then fell in love with the subfield of positive psychology, which was relatively newer at the time, now is a bit bigger, (laughs) more well known and understood. Um, But it really looks at the other side of the psychological spectrum than most psychology does, than traditional psychology does, which is really the way I think about it is sort of how do we take someone from a place of negative to neutral and functional versus How do we take someone from neutral surviving to really thriving and having a life of meaning and purpose and fulfillment and more freedom and, and the experiences of flow and joy and, you know, all of those good things that we want in life and abundance and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I, at the same time was studying marketing and sustainable food systems and was just, you know, following the breadcrumbs for myself of what felt like it really lit me up or interested me. And so I just became very, very passionate and involved and immersed in leadership roles on campus, in supporting other women with their businesses and taking what I was learning in school and applying it to businesses in the community that were owned by women and started kind of creating a little bit of traction for myself around how I could do this myself one day. And I became very interested in, you know, marketing strategy and how to really speak to your clients and how to run a business sustainably and not burn yourself out. Cause I was hearing a lot of different things from a lot of different women in a lot of different industries about the, the unique challenges. And I noticed a lot of common threads and I thought, well, if I could solve those problems for women, that would be awesome because then they could be totally free and untethered to really do what they're here to do, to create what they're here to create and to really make the impact and income that they deserve. And so quick little pivot in my path, I realized I didn't want to get a master's in counseling, which was what I had originally planned to do. 
and decided to really look at coaching as the applied form of positive psychology instead of going down a more traditional route, doing something I didn't want to do, and then kind of like circling back later in my life. So (laughs) I graduated a year, a whole year early, which was two years earlier than I expected. So I got my bachelor's degree in psych in three years and started working for a local magazine publishing company in the city where I went to school. And I enjoyed that. I was working with women entrepreneurs. I was working with other types of small businesses in the community. And that was fun. And I was sort of a liaison around their marketing and talking to our editorial department and figuring out their branding and doing that kind of stuff too. And having great conversations, building relationships with them and thinking about, again, how could I serve them? What do they need? Um, I was always really excited about what they had going on because I could see the ripple effect that it was having in the community. And a lot of these business owners were really sustainably minded. You know, they wanted to start an organic skincare company or they wanted to build a restaurant that was all sourced locally, like all their produce was sourced locally. And they just wanted to do everything the right way, (laughs) you know, like, like in the highest Mm -hmm. integrity. And I just loved that. And when you do things that way, there's also this other side of things that's like, well, it also needs to be profitable right? Like we can do the most ideal things and make the most ideal choices, but also we have to think about profitability or else your business is going to fail. (laughs) So we had a lot of conversations about that. And I started kind of circling back at that time. I had been basically a salesperson, like an ad salesperson for this magazine. And I was like, this isn't my dream job. What I really want to do is this, which is coaching and helping people really understand how they can take an idea or their life and really expand it. And how can they really get more of what they want? How can they really use the tool of their mind to master whatever it is that they're doing, whether it's their craft, their business, their experience of everyday life, whether it's relationships, whatever. So that led me to do a, um, to sign up for a year-long coaching certification, which I did. And that was intense and awesome. And my own life was transforming through that process. And then I started helping other people to do some of the same things that I was starting to learn how to implement for myself. And sort of fast forward to a few months after that, I left my full-time job. I went full-time in my coaching business. And it just kind of caught on. Like there was something there that I I felt that my enthusiasm for what I was doing was very authentic and people were feeling that. And that made it a lot easier than I think most people experience (laughs) when they're starting a business. There are a lot (laughs) of hard things. Um, There are a lot of challenges to overcome. There are a lot of internal and external barriers to our success. And Luckily, because of the tools that I had learned as a coach and training as a coach, I was really able to overcome a lot of those things a lot faster, which is now what I help women entrepreneurs to do. And other people, when I speak or lead workshops or things like that, it sort of evolved from there. And I was originally just a life and leadership coach. And then I really realized most people were coming to me for support with their businesses. And the more that I was learning about strategy and kind of putting the pieces together for myself and my clients the more that I was really able to support with that, with a background also in business and supporting mostly small business owners, but then 
you know, helping them grow beyond that smaller phase. <laughs> so that was just really exciting. It's fun for me to see what can happen in a business because the results can feel so tangible, you know, whereas other domains, it can feel a little bit, is this working, <laughs> you know, but in business, mm -hmm. we get to see the money's coming in. There's a much higher return. We get to see those tangible results and see what they actually translate into and what they mean for someone in their business, that they're able to hire people, that they're able to employ people, that, that that ripple effect, that they're able to serve clients, that they're able to solve problems for people every day. That's a very fulfilling path. And I think a lot of the time entrepreneurship isn't something we really choose. It sort of chooses us <laughs> in a way. Mm. And then we have to like, say yes yeah. to the initiation of like, okay, I'm willing to do what it takes to unravel everything that's in the way between me and like where I am now and where I would love to be with this or like taking something that didn't exist that was just an idea or a little spark or a, even like a frustration that you may have experienced and turning that into a solution, turning that into, a, you know, a, a business that completely changes the way that you live for your day-to-day -day life, that completely changes the way that people around you are living. And I just find that really inspiring. It's sort of like this little American dream thing that I think is within me, right? Like yep. that's this, like, you really can create whatever you want. And I think that is just so awesome and so empowering to witness that in other people and to to claim that for ourselves. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I definitely think that the the goal of finding something that's a problem, some kind of frustration, and then figuring out mm -hmm. how to go from there to be a solution and find how you can help. Sounds like the real, you know, process of wanting to start a business, but you know the real the real steps. So I'd love to know what is the first step? Should you, you know, just go for it and not wait for that perfect moment? Like how do you come up with this idea? Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, maybe you see a problem, but you're like, well, I'm now stuck on the how what really could be mm. like that first step to start a business if you have an idea or if you see an opportunity, what can you do? Mm -hmm. This is such a great question. I always tell my clients, the how is not your business in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's literally not your business. Your business is why and what and the when and the how and all those other details are sort of like, that's the stuff to surrender and let go of in the beginning because you won't know how. And the how will reveal itself to you as you continue to take steps, as you start to take action, as you start to engage with the idea, as you give it space to kind of like breathe and reveal itself to you. And as you start just like putting one foot in front of the other. Also, a lot of my clients are very intuitive. And so I often say like intuition doesn't work by giving you a full business plan A to Z. It works by giving you an inkling and a feeling, mm -hmm. and then you have to say yes to that. And then the next door opens or the next little step appears, and you just keep following those breadcrumbs and letting it reveal itself to you and, and come. So I think that is the first step in starting a business is paying attention to what are the inklings that you're getting? What are the nudges that you're feeling internally? What are the things that really like either bother you or frustrate you or get you excited or make you feel a certain way? Intuition and our purpose and our soul speak to us through feeling. And I think we don't really realize that, right? Because we think, oh, I have to have an idea. And yes, that's true, but also you need to have the right feeling <laughs> about anything before you even press go, 
right? Before you even start moving forward with something or getting attached to something, you need to have the right feeling. And then from that feeling of like, hell yes, or, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Or, oh my gosh, I could think about this forever. This is so awesome. Or if this could change, then the whole world could be different. That feeling sort of usually activates a vision. It's like a seed. It's like, you know how a seed really holds the full potential of whatever it is, like an oak tree or whatever, but it's this tiny little seed. So I think of the feeling, that initial feeling as the seed. And then when you plant that seed, when you give it what it needs to grow and thrive, when you when you water it, when you give it sunlight, when you give it, you know, all those conditions for thriving, which I call CFTs, mm-hmm. which are basically the right conditions for success, right? The, the right things that your individual business or your individual self really need to be optimal, to be at your best, to be highest performing, to be highest functioning, to be highest vibration. <laughs> what do you, what do those two entities need? You and your business idea. And if we pay attention to that and adjust accordingly, because right, a plant is going to need different things at different stages of its life, but some things are going to be consistent. And if we just continue to pay attention and connect with like, what's the next thing? What's this? Oh, right. When you have a plant, it's like, oh, a little infestation. Okay. What do we do? (laughs) Or, you know, you address those little problems as they come up, but you ultimately create those same conditions for thriving consistently. And then what starts to happen is you start to see results or you start to see, oh, maybe not this path, but this one, this is the way to get, to go forward with this. And I think if more people trusted themselves in this way, but what we would have a completely different world and business would be easy. But what happens is fear comes in, self-doubt comes in, all these like our human mind, our conditioning, we don't even give ourselves permission to follow an idea. We don't even plant the seed. We think, oh, that's going to be a lot of work. Or (laughs) am I supposed to plant this? What the hell? Or um, I don't even know if this seed is really going to do anything, right? Like, so we, we end up saying no to ourselves and to our idea before anybody else can, because saying yes is a vulnerable thing. And it entails a lot, right? It means, okay, I'm saying yes to this, meaning I'm going to nurture this thing. I'm going to show up. I'm going to support it. I'm going to do what's best for me and for it. I'm responsible for it. I'm I'm the responsible one here. Yeah. And a lot of people I think shrink back from from that responsibility and that's okay, but not if you want to be a successful <laughs> entrepreneur, right? That's like part of it. There's a lot that you're unpacking there with the combo of well, first of all, I love this plant metaphor. This is great. Uh, but what's <laughs> interesting is that we're focusing on this plant. We're not focusing on, mm-hmm. well, how's what my plant doing versus another one? Uh, we're totally yes. just focusing on growing hours. <laughs> and then also yep. just adapting. There's going to be things that come in that affect that process. And right from the beginning to be able to adapt to the challenges that are going to come along this journey. But mm-hmm. then, of course, you're also talking about overcoming any doubt that you have. So I'm sure one mm. of the reasons, like you're saying, that people don't pursue what they want to do is because they're not sure if their idea is any good. They don't think they would necessarily be a good leader. Are there any signs mm-hmm. to know if you are going to be on the right path? Or maybe, you know, of course, I'm sure you would want people to pursue their dreams no matter what. But is there any way to kind of mm-hmm. test if this is worth the effort? Absolutely. Yes. Great great point. So yes, you start with that feeling and then you follow it and it leads you down to, you know, all these different pathways and it's twisty and it's windy and it's nonlinear. 
even though we want it to be right? like that would be very convenient totally. if it were, but it's not most of the time. So yeah, I think the thing that people need to think about as well when they're in that process is like, does this solve a problem? Does it solve a problem that's big enough or deep enough or emotional enough that people are willing to pay for the solution, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a business. It's not just a service that's a volunteer effort. And that's not to say that your business can't do good and do well, mm-hmm. right? Like those two things I think are totally possible. But the way we think about it, those two things are a little bit different, right? They're doing good and doing well are two different things in your business like that, right? Doing well is the profitability. Doing good is sort of like the purpose and mission behind it. And those two things need to meet. They need an intersection point, right? And that's where you know you've got a great idea. That's where you know pursue this thing, stay the course, and keep going and get creative. And I think usually – What can happen is if we start to just think about those two pieces of our idea, how is it going to be profitable and how is it going to be purposeful? Then we start to find that intersection point, right? And there always can be one. You might just have to adjust the original vision. You might need to find a different way in. You might need to adapt and change, right? You might also need to think about it differently. So I, I think about these sort of like threats to our if we think about this plant metaphor again, if we think about these sort of like environmental factors weighing in, right? Like there's a big storm that could come. That would be an external threat, right? An external factor here that could derail something. And then you'd have to adjust like the pandemic, right? That could be a storm <laughs> in your business. But then there's also the internal pieces. And those are the ones we have the most control over right? The other things we can't really control for, they're just going to happen the way they are. We can know the difference and surrender those and not get too attached or hooked in or try to control them because that's going to be a futile effort where we're wasting our time, energy, and attention. But if we focus on the things that we can control, the things we have autonomy over, the things that are internal, then we can really set it up, right? Then we can we can focus on the quality of the soil, like the nutrients that are feeding that from the ground up, from the roots. And that's going to set us up for success so much more, right? Like when we tend to the roots, which is really like ourselves as entrepreneurs or leaders. That's a good point to not only put a lot of effort into the business, but also into yourself because you are mm-hmm. that business as well. Yeah, there's something that I often tell my clients as well, and I don't remember where I first heard this, but it's the deep truth that your professional growth, your business growth can't outpace your personal growth. It just can't. It won't. Mm. <laughs> it's impossible for that to happen. You, As an entrepreneur, you are also on the deepest, most initiatory Um, most expansive personal growth journey you could ever be on. And stepping onto that path is a choice, but it's a deeply fulfilling one. And that's what I mean also when I say like entrepreneurship kind of chooses us too. It's life coming in and saying like, hey, (laughs) initiation time. You don't want to grow in this lifetime? Cool. Here you go. Here's an opportunity. You know, and we get to say yes or no to it. But I think when we do say yes, and I think we're speaking to the people who are like, having an inkling of saying yes or already have, (laughs) that that gets to be also an incredible journey for our own souls. You know, that that gets to be something really special and cool that's happening for us in this lifetime. 
And at the same time, we get to like have this infinite earning potential and we get to make a difference in the lives of people and we get to solve problems and we get to figure out solutions and all that good stuff too that happens in the business. But I think who you become in the process is probably the most the most exciting part, yeah. you know? With starting a business, I think another roadblock, another fear is how mm -hmm. much money to be putting into it, especially when, of course, the mm -hmm. return is not going to be immediate. So outside of just the emotional challenge it's going mm -hmm. to be to start a business, there's potentially a financial one. So mm -hmm. what are some of your best pieces of advice? Um, I know we don't have to go too much into it, but just some general knowledge about how money plays into starting a business. Should you be investing up front? Do you need to be going to investors? Should you keep your full-time job while starting this? What are some of those mm -hmm. big tips that you've been learning over your career? Yeah. Oh gosh. There are so many. First of all, I'll say there is no shame in a side hustle and or a bridge job or something that helps you be the angel investor of your own business. I think if you can think of your situation, if you do have a full-time job and you're kind of starting something on the side or you already have a side hustle and you're feeling a little bit like I should be further along by now, just know that some of the most successful people in the world have started with a corporate job and let that be the investor in their passion project, in their side hustle. And that is totally okay and positive. It's better than going into complete debt and flailing and not having a direction and, and running out of money because that's not sustainable either, right? So just know that you have full permission and it is totally normal and okay to hold a full-time job while you're starting your business. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not like you're going at the wrong pace or you should be doing it sooner or something. I think I have to remind my clients of that often. The other thing is if you are really, this is where it really depends on what kind of business you want to create and beginning with the end in mind. There are so many different types of businesses, yeah. right? We've got like solo entrepreneurs who are sort of like service-based and then we have product-based businesses. And then we've got like brick and mortar businesses of both kinds. And we've got companies that are more on the in the tech realm that are like really just want to like blow up to get bought by something, right. someone else and acquired, which is totally cool. Like there are there are many different ways to do this. There's not just one way. I find more often than not, people don't need as much money or as much funding as they think they do to get started. The best thing that you can do if you have either a service or a product-based business is to do basically like a beta test of something or to create a prototype of something that you're thinking about offering and to test it, to run it on a small focus group. You might have NDAs signed. That would be a smart thing to do up front. You know, you'll find a way to test it with family and friends and see if it's viable, right? You want to see how much would people be willing to pay for this thing. Get really curious and get gather as much data as you can up front to know, yes, this is a viable thing or no, it's not. And if it's not, that's not the end of the road. It doesn't mean like, oh, I failed. This was a crap idea. It means okay, let's iterate and shift and pivot and create something a little bit different, even if it's like one degree, and you'll be able to use all the information you've collected, all that data to inform which direction to pivot in. So I think having a really well-tested concept and idea and prototype is the most important thing. Then you can take that and go pitch it to investors for funding if that's the path you need to take. Or you know, okay, this is how much money I can expect to make in the first year or the first few months of this thing if it's something I don't really need funding for. But you have sort of a little bit of a, a map, a roadmap to go forward or a blueprint to work off of to be able to 
figure out like, do I need investment? Do I need angel investors? How much is this going to cost? Knowing that information first before just flinging yourself into like pitching for money and getting as much as you can. First of all, you need to know where you're steering the ship right? Like you need to know what you really want, what matters, what kind of business you want to create, what you see your role being, what your vision is long-term for this thing. I think beginning with that bigger picture vision of the end in mind is going to help you to kind of reverse engineer where you go. And that includes funding and finances and, and money and how you infuse capital into your business. And that can look so different for everybody And I will say typically people overestimate how much money they need to get started Mm -hmm. (laughs) or how much money they'll need because there are so many ways you can get creative with that. You can pre-sell, you can crowdsource, you can develop a product for a really niche audience that they've been dying for that you can figure out. And then it's like instant overnight sales right? Because they're, they've been waiting for this thing. You can build anticipation. You can have a really great marketing strategy. You can collaborate or work off of another business and have an accessory kind of product or complementary product. There are infinite ways to make it possible and make it happen. There is so much there <laughs> that I thought I could have guessed and predicted like what you would say. I didn't think of anything that you said. So that was awesome advice. Uh, Because I think, you know, of course, we can talk about the emotional side. And that is very important. I love that your whole brand is, you know, this balance of that, but also the tangible side, like how do we actually make it happen? And that seemed very approachable. So that that is awesome. Awesome. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I have another, uh, this might be one of our last questions, but you know, we talked a little bit about balancing the money side, but what about your time? Mm. How do you balance, you know, obviously, like we said, we might still have our job. We also want to enjoy other aspects of our life, but this is going to be a hefty addition into our life. Mm-hmm. So how do you make sure that you have a healthy balance with starting a business? Oh, I love talking about time. So most people, obviously, what are the primary excuses that people make when we're trying to create something new or add something new into our life or pursue a new goal or create a certain level of achievement or a result or whatever, business or otherwise? It's time, money, and energy, right? I don't have the time. I don't have the money. Or I I just like don't have the energy behind it. Or I just can't get motivated, right, is what we what we sometimes say, but that really means energy. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's these three factors, right? So you've, you've, we've actually touched on all of these today, which is awesome. So with time, it's funny because usually it has nothing to do with actually time itself, right? Time marches on. There are 24 hours in a day, yada, yada. We all know that. We get about 75 years maybe in our lifetime, and that doesn't explain why some people create exceptional things and other people don't, right? It's not time. We all have about the same amount of time. We all have time. <laughs> it's it's about how we use it, how we focus, where our attention is going, where our focus is, right? What we prioritize and what we don't, what we let slip through the cracks, where we're consistent, where we're inconsistent. That's what ultimately leads to a result. And so I think about this idea of time as more like, where's your attention? Where's your focus? And if we can refine and hone in your focus to be focused on and devoted to the things that are actually going to get you where you want to go, I mean, this sounds so obvious, right? Then you'll create a result, right? It's, It's a system and every system is designed to create the exact same result that pops out at the other end. You feed one thing in and the other thing pops out. You know, there's a lot that happens in between there, but ultimately 
you put it through this system of time and attention and focus and scheduling and all that stuff and consistency and habit and ritual and all of that. And then out the other side pops a result. Not always the same exact result, but usually you can predict, mm -hmm. right? Like you could, you could get pretty close. And so what I like to focus on with my clients and what I like to say to people is if you don't have or make, if you don't make space, because it's never about having time, it's about creating it for what matters most to us. Mm -hmm. If you don't create space and time to focus on what matters most to you, then you're going to end up with a life or a result in your business that is not what you want. It's kind of that simple, mm -hmm. you know? And so if we can make minor tweaks in our day of where we are focusing our attention, this is where meditation is a great tool, but it's not just about sitting there and meditating for five minutes a day. It's what do we do with that cultivation of focus and attention? Where are we directing that then after we've honed that skill of being able to focus and hold our attention in a certain place and not get pulled and distracted by everything through the practice of meditation or through a practice that's similar, right? What are we doing with that? Where are we putting that skill set? Where are we applying that? And if we're applying it to practices like conditions for thriving that I call CFTs, right? If we're putting that toward the things that are going to feed the soil and nurture what our intention is and nurture what our vision is, then we're likely going to see it nurtured on the other side, right? We're, we're likely going to see that plant bear fruit or flower or whatever, whatever kind of plant you're planting, right? It's going to thrive in some way. And we can, we can get smart with the strategy there. And that's where it's about working smarter and not harder. It's not about having more time. It's about being effective with your yeah. time. And doing more of the things that actually matter versus a bunch of things, wasting time, spinning your wheels, doing things that don't actually matter. And I think for me in my work with clients, that's where I see that they get the most benefit from coaching because they're no longer wasting their valuable time, energy, attention, and money on things that don't actually move the needle forward. Because there are so many distractions out there, especially around businesses, like targeted toward business owners. I'm sure you get all the Instagram ads and the Facebook ads and the make six figures overnight and the this and that and this. And if you just use this method, then you'll have this result and so-and-so did it. So you can too. And that's not like, we need to get crafty and creative and look at individually each person, not a cookie cutter model. We need to go, okay. Let's look at everything that's happening. Let's take an assessment. Let's do an audit. Let's see what's happening in your life where your time, money, attention, energy are being spent. And then is that leading to the result that you want? Yes or no? Probably no. Okay. Then what do we need to do differently to get you there? Let's build that strategy and make sure that there's a way that it's actually going to work for you, that it's going to be sustainable, that it's not just a one and done. How are you going to be consistent? How is it going to work? How are you going to hold yourself accountable? What are the systems you need to have in place to remove the thought barriers that happen around, let's say something like moving your body or meditating every day? How do you eliminate those distractions? How do you make sure that that happens without fail, that it's non-negotiable? Yeah. I love that your advice is not specifically just for starting a business, but it really is the whole existence of living. I think that that is so cool. Mm -hmm. I think it's very inspiring. Thank you. I think that you can learn so much from business and apply it to life. And I see this as almost like an infinity loop. Everything that I learned in my business, I'm applying to my life. Everything I'm learning in my life, I'm applying to my business because it's one ecosystem. Yeah. It's not separate. And we treat all of these things, relationships, health, 
well-being, like all of these things, we're, we're treating them as separate, but they're all one ecosystem. They're all coming through us. Yeah. And so if we, if we master this person, this being, this way of doing things, right? Like if we can take full radical responsibility for our own self, we can be capable of so much. It's like limitless possibility lies ahead. Mm. And I think that is the, the, the coolest part of being human being a soul, having a human experience is that we get to like play and explore and create and use the best of all aspects of what it means to be a soul and what it means to be human. That's good. Well, thank you for <laughs> investing some time into this podcast today. Um, thank you. I know you have so much more advice. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but I, I would love for people to know how to reach you. So for those seeking to start yeah. a business, where can we find you? Yes, you can find me at emilycastle.com and that's spelled C-A-S-S-E-L, which you'll know if you look at <laughs> the title of this podcast probably or the show notes. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at emilycastleofficial and those two places are the best place. They're kind of the hub for everything else. Perfect. Uh, well, this episode is fully launched. We are uh, ready to get on with the business of our day. Uh, please share this with anyone who you think needs a push to get that idea started. And we'll release a new episode next week. Bye-bye. Actually, you won't have to wait until next week. There will be a bonus mini episode with even more entrepreneurial tips and stories from different small business owners. Be sure to check it out this Thursday on the How Did I Get This Far podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope this episode helped. Please subscribe, rate, and review to support the podcast. And follow along for more hacks, tips, and failed attempts on Instagram at How Did I Get This Far Pod. Well, that's as far as we will get for now. I'm Amanda Ogan. Thanks for listening.